It's time for some of us to stop dabbling in Christianity and actually dive right in. Okay? There's so many who know about Jesus, know about faith, know about the word, but they kind of live on the edge. Well, yeah, of course you believe. Well, do you really? Do you believe that no matter what comes into your life, God's got everything under control? Okay? Do you believe that there is absolutely nothing impossible with Him? Okay? Now, let me help you with something. Sometimes, and I hate this part, but I got to tell you the truth. Sometimes God's answer to whatever I pray is no. Stinks, doesn't it? You see, I hear these preachers on television tell me, if I frame it right, God's got to do it. Let me help you with something. I don't want God to do my will because I'm stupid. Amen. <laughs> well, that was the most hearty amen I've ever heard of that. <laughs> I want him to do his perfect will. But let me help you with something. Even when his answer is no, his grace and power are sufficient. And even when I'm the weakest and don't understand and I'm the most frustrated, that's when his power is perfected. And I wish I had time to get into the Greek and all that because it talks about maturity and it talks about adulthood and talks about vision. And man, oh, how we in the church who call ourselves Christian need to get into that because we are having very little impact on our country because Christians are no different really. Church people are no different really than the world. But let me help you with something. You that have told me in the last couple of weeks, Satan is attacking your home. Satan is attacking my mind. Satan's attacking me. Good. Let me help you with something. If he's not attacking you, get saved. Because the problem is, is if he's not attacking your marriage, your home, your life, your mind, and your heart, it's because you're walking the same direction as him. I'm serious. If you think you're going to be a great man or woman or become a great man or woman of God, and you're just going to get through that sliding through real easy, you've never read the Bible. You ever heard of that dude named Jesus? It doesn't seem like Jesus had a day where something wasn't coming at his mind or his heart or his life or, or whatever. And we need to understand that, that kind of Christianity is not real. That's just for churches that go and sing a lot. But real Christians who are digging in, getting rooted and grounded, you're going to be attacked. God's word says this weird thing about putting on the armor and and putting those those, those shoes of peace so you're ready. You understand what I'm saying? Don't walk out of here going, oh, praise God. Whack. He's coming at you. You better go out and you better get your footing right. You better get that armor on because the bottom line is Satan's coming. And let me help you another thing that I don't really like to tell you, but it's the truth. That's God's will. Because if it wasn't for that, you and I are too goofy to realize and remember we need him. You ever notice that? When things are going good, our prayer life goes down. When things are going bad, 
Huh? Am I, am I lying? Prayer lives tend to be exalted. Very, very, very important. Today, I want you to go into this sermon saying, you know what? It's time to truly immerse myself in faith. Today, it's, it's time to truly immerse myself in, in the understanding that whatever God allows to come into my life, whether it's been there, whether it's there now or ever comes, it's okay. God Almighty is almighty. And God Almighty has everything under control, whether I feel like he's got everything under control or not. And it's okay, because even when the, the, the dam breaks, the bottom line is, he's got everything under control. His grace, his gift, his power, his glory, his wisdom, his will is perfect. It's okay. I'll say it again, y'all must have missed it. It's okay. All right, this is so important to understand because too often we've got these Christians that are okay when everything's okay, but when things aren't okay, all of a sudden they're falling apart. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you acting like that? Why are you doing that? Why are you allowing Satan to take over your mind and your heart? Why Why haven't you made a decision that God Almighty knows what he's doing? And he will take care of you. He's got a perfect plan. And he is the one who can pull it all off. Amen? Amen. So very, very, very important. I, I want to start with verse 1. Because verse 1 is usually a good place to start. All right? But it says here, sometime later. Now, okay, I'm sorry. Go back. Jesus has just uh, led a Samaritan woman um, to himself. And he went through this whole thing. And you've got to remember, nobody liked the Samaritans. Nobody went to Samaria. You know, Jesus wasn't supposed to talk to the Samaritan woman. Here's the coolest part about Jesus. He didn't see race. He didn't see race. Let me help you with something. Christians, you don't see race either. I don't care if you're black, Spanish, white, honky, whatever you want to call yourself. The bottom line is, we don't see race. Okay? And I, you know, I hear people, well, you don't understand my situation. I understand your situation. You like to see race. You like to listen to those race baiters on television. You like to get all excited about it. Quit it. Because yeah. men and women of God don't go there. Okay? There was a situation among a bunch of Jews. They didn't like Jesus. Because he wasn't going along with how they defined religion. And so they didn't like him, and they wanted to kill him. All right? And and you come to this first verse, and this is a very important verse. It said, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Kids, let me help you with something. Men and women of God, don't sit back and let stuff happen. Men, Men and women of God enter into the situation to deal with it by the power of Jesus Christ. The problem with too many churches is that people, it's in the Bible too, we'll pray for you. I'll be honest, sometimes, I'm glad you pray for me. Sometimes, when I'm in trouble, I'd like for somebody to step in and help me out. You understand what I'm saying? 
You know, sometimes, well, I'm a person of light. I can't go into darkness. Well, if you're really a person of light, what happens when you step into darkness? There's light. Christians, just like next week, they're praying down, downtown. It is awesome. You've got to understand. They've been praying on Franklin Street for a couple of years, right? Wouldn't you say? And, they, and let me tell you something. This human trafficking is happening right here. These little girls are being used many times a night in, in darkness. And the bottom line is it's happening right here in Muhlenberg and Reading. You do understand that, right? That is darkness. Let me tell you a cool thing. A couple of times ago, there was, a, there was a report the day before. They start at 5th and Franklin. Down on 4th and Franklin, a whole house was busted up. And all the human traffic was busted up. And the bottom line is God got glory because God took care of that. Okay? That's what we're supposed to be doing, kids. We don't sit in church in our little warm little white cocoon. And go, oh, those bad people in the world. We're the only hope they've got. Because we carry with us the grace and glory of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you who call yourselves Christians. As you leave this place today, how are you going to go into areas of darkness, even if they don't like you? I don't expect everybody to be as ornery as me. I kind of like it when people don't like me. Not everybody's got that kind of personality. I understand that. You know, I I understand that. But we've got to get over ourselves and say, you know what? I don't care whether people like me or not. When Jesus tells me to do something, when Jesus tells me to go somewhere, the bottom line is that's where I'm going. Okay, you got family and friends that don't love Jesus and don't love you because you do. That's okay. You need to fellowship with them. You need to love them. You need to be there for them. You need to enter right into that darkness and be light. If I hear people say all the time, oh, I got so many Christian friends at work. Good. What about those that aren't? Why are you eating lunch with your Christian friends when all your friends that that don't know Jesus are sitting over here? Oh, but they drink beer. Who cares? Seriously. Oh, but they smoke. Stink with them, baby. No, I'm serious. Christians, you are never any good just sitting in church calling yourself a Christian you got to leave this place, and in the power of God, you got to go where God isn't, or God isn't welcome, or God isn't liked. And you need to take the light and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ to a dark and hurting world. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Churches become this little cocoon where we sing songs and hear pretty sermons and, and, and drink Starbucks. Seriously, that was never what it was meant to be. We were always supposed to take the light into the darkness. Amen? Amen. You know, and I'm asking you right now. I'm challenging you. I'm asking you a question. It's rhetorical, but the bottom line is I want you to think about it. How are you taking the light to the darkness? Seriously. How are you taking the light to the darkness? So very, very, very important for you to ask yourself that. Now, There is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Some call it Bethesda. And which um, is surrounded by five covered covered colonnades or porches. 
Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, and, lame, and the uh, paralyzed. Now, here's a cute one. Do you notice we skipped from verse 3 to verse 5? It was so cute the other night. April and JC and whoever else was here, they spent all night trying to figure out where verse 4 was. All right? Let me explain that real quick. Okay? If you look in your Bible, and sometimes what you'll see is, what's that square thing on the end of each? Huh? Yeah, brackets. That's it. You can tell how educated I am. That, that where there are brackets, you've got to understand that was not in the original text. And somebody added it. Okay? In this case, it's that the bubble bubbled up and, you know, and, all, and, and it's not a big deal. It's not, but I want you to understand why we skip from verse 3 to verse 5. Because in the New International Version, they choose not to put it in there because it wasn't in the original text. And, and I don't know whether you care about that, but I thought I'd explain it to you so you didn't think we just skipped a verse. All right? Verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid or a cripple for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, that does seem like a stupid question. I don't need you to talk. I'm, I'm preaching here. <laughs> Do you really want to get well? I agree with Janet. It's not a stupid question. We'll talk more about it in a minute. Sir? The invalid replied, probably politically correct to call it now. Um, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, could you imagine this? 38 years the dude's been laying on this mat, unable to move himself. Now, I want you to think about that. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Let that ruminate for a second. 38 years. 38 years. All of his life probably. He's been crippled. and could not walk. And this crazy man comes along and says, get up. Get up. In fact, don't just get up. Wrap up your mat. And walk on home. Amen. At once. I think that's key, don't you? Yeah. Do you ever notice... I know for me, if I, get to, if I take too much time to think about something, I usually get in trouble. Did you know what I'm saying? I can usually talk myself out of something. Anybody else here like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, get up and walk. Uh-huh. It's like, kind of like Jesus looking at me and saying, go grow hair. Right? My first thing in my mind is, man, I'm really going to be good looking then. All right. Get up. 
at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And I don't know if we'll get to that. How much do you actually believe in God? How, how much do you actually believe that God can do everything he said he can do? I mean, while Jesus was here, I mean, he made the blind see. He made the, the dumb speak. He made the deaf hear. He cured ladies of things that no doctor could cure them of. You know? Here's the biggie. His buddy had died. He had laid in the grave for four days. It says, he stinketh. He had already started to stink. And Jesus said, come on up out of there. And Lazarus rose from the grave. Can I ask you something? Do you actually believe in Jesus in the reality of your life? Or do you tell everybody, well, Jesus can do that for you. Or do you tell everybody, I believe in all those things Jesus did. My question this morning is, Do you believe he can do these things in your life? See, the first thing you got to do is you got to quit playing games, kind of, kind of dabbling on the outside, and you got to enter right into the heart of whatever the struggle might be. Let me help you with something. Everybody here has some kind of struggle. Everybody here has some kind of malady. Everybody here some kind of scar. Everybody. You're with me, right? You do see that, don't you? Everybody thinks I'm the only one with scars. I'm the only one with struggles. I'm the only one with temptations. I want you to understand, everybody has them. Everybody has something that God has allowed into or to remain in our lives. The question is, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to stand out here and talk about the grace and the love and the power of God Or am I going to take the grace and the love and the power of God to the very heart of the very heart of the sickness? The very heart of the struggle? You see, too often we know about what Jesus can do, but we never truly enter in and allow him to do it. I mean, here's a man... That had been crippled for 38 years. Now, we look, we say, well, that was Jesus. Do you know how hard it would be if God told me to go up and say to a man that had been crippled for 38 years, get on up out of there, pick up your mat, and walk on home? That's hard, isn't it? That's tough. But what he's trying to communicate is, is that you have access through faith, to that kind of power. 
I'm not one of these freaks that just believes God does whatever I want. But you have access to that kind of power. I believe there is absolutely nothing in your life that God cannot accomplish. I believe there's nothing in your life that God cannot heal. I believe there's nothing in your life that God can't take and somehow bring glory to himself and eternal good for us. See, too, too often we get into these things, we're like, oh my goodness, I, oh, somebody feel sorry for me, somebody feel bad for me, everybody pout for me because I'm pouting for myself. And the bottom line is what we're doing is we're keeping God at arm's length. And God's saying, listen, I want to come right to the center of that. I want to come right to the center of that malady. I want to come right to the center of the heart of that depression. I want to come right to the heart of that struggle. I want to be come right to the center of that thing, whatever that thing is. You fill in the blank. I want to come to the, right to the center of that whole thing. And I want to bring my grace, and I want to bring my power, and I want to bring my glory, and I want to bring my love, and I want to bring my healing, and I want to do something so extraordinary in you, through you, to bring glory to myself, and do what is exactly perfect and good for you right now. You see, I worry about Christianity. Because I believe our churches are full of dabblers. I believe our churches are full of people who talk Christianity. But when it really comes to the heart of the matter, when it really comes to the struggles in our lives, when it really comes to the struggles with our children, when it really comes to the struggles that that we're dealing with, we just kind of talk about it and we think about it and we'll kind of throw a little prayer on it. But are we willing to to make a decision to believe that whatever it is, God Almighty is in control. He's got an awesome plan. He can pull that plan off and he can get glory and he can do everything that is necessary for our eternal good no matter how bad it may be at that time. I mean, could you imagine? This man's been sitting along this thing for 38 years. He's been crippled for 38 years. Could you imagine how hard that would be? I can't take care of myself. I have no relationships. I got nobody around me. Nobody's willing to help me. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine the heartache and the depression? Could you imagine how he felt? Could you imagine how Satan just beat at that and beat at that and beat at that on a continuous basis and kept him down and kept him down? Nobody's willing to help me into the pool. Every time I try, every other people get healed. I don't. And Jesus Christ walks right up to him, right to the heart of the matter, right to the heart of the struggle, and looks at him and says, get up. Pick yourself up. Collect your mat and walk home. Now, now take a minute think about that. Now, here's the thing I wonder about, all right? Jesus says, get up. I'm wondering, <laughs> what if that guy kind of fell away? 
You know? I wonder if that guy's thinking, all right, I believe you healed me, but I may need some physical therapy (laughs) to actually get up and walk home. And to be honest, there ain't nothing about no physical therapy in there. Right? You see it? There's nothing about that. And here's the part I thought about. Man, it's been 38 years. You want me to get up and walk home? I ain't never walked. Wow. Wow. Here's what happened. The man who had been crippled for 38 years listened to Jesus. Got up. Gathered his mat and walked home. My question to you today is this Are you willing to go to the very heart of your struggle? But, Pastor, I've been struggling with this for 38 years. Pastor, my struggle's really big. Have you been crippled for 38 years? Some of you might say, well, my therapist or my doctor tells me that my whatever has kind of crippled me mentally or emotionally or spiritually or whatever. And what I'm saying to you is, how about you this morning? Are you willing to inculcate the power and the grace and the glory of God into the heart of your malady or what's crippling your life or what's dogging you or keeping you down or or keeping you from being effective for Jesus Christ? Are you willing to say, you know what, enough of this whining, enough of these excuses, enough of this stuff. Now let me put, do the no part real quick. Here's the cool thing. Even if God's answer is no to the healing we want, His grace is sufficient. And His power is perfected. I have certain things that have happened to me in my life that it's not going, to, going away, but His grace is sufficient And his power is perfected. There are certain things I've asked God to do. And he hasn't done it. But his grace is sufficient. His power is perfected. So here's the part you need to hear. No matter what God's answer is. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will never leave you empty. The bottom line is he's telling every one of us this morning. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to gather your mat. It's time for you to quit making excuses. It's time for you to say enough. It's time for you to get up, gather your mat, and walk on home. And I don't think we should walk home. I think we should strut. No, I'm serious. If I'm that man, and those people know I've been laying next to that pool for 38 years, you think I'm going to go... Oh, yes. Man, baby, I'm telling everybody along the way, I'm showing it all. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? How about you? This morning. You got problems. You got bills. You got struggles. You got stuff that's happened to you. You've got scars. People have stuck a knife in your back. Your ex did that. Your ex did this. The bottom line is this is happening. That's happening. I don't know how I'm going to overcome it. Here's my question. Are you willing to believe in the power of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to stand up where you are, collect your mat, and go walk? Or are you going to keep dabbling in Christianity and keep dabbling in the Word of God and keep dabbling in life? Or are you going to decide today, you know what? I'm done with that trash. JC, can you start playing? There comes a time in everybody's life where you've got to decide. God is God or he isn't. God is almighty or he isn't. All my problems are bigger than him or he's bigger than them. My scar is too deep and too great or His grace is sufficient. My life, my struggles are too difficult or there is nothing too difficult for God. How about you this morning? You're tired of always being under? Y'all, you're tired of always feeling defeated? You're tired of always feeling like, man, I'm never going to conquer this. Well, this is a good day to say, you, you know what? Enough of this. I'm going to listen to Jesus. And he told me to get up. He told me to get up. I've been laying here for 38 years, but he told me to get up. I think the man's crazy, but I like what he's saying. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I like what he's saying. You know, I don't know how he's going to make me an overwhelming conqueror, but I like what he's saying. So today, I'm getting up. I'm gathering that mat. A mat of memory. So I can remember and I can show everybody what I laid on for 38 years. But I'm getting up. And I'm walking home. And on the way, I'm going to tell everybody what Jesus Christ did in my life. This morning... Go do something different. When you've made that decision, I want you to get up. The song is, I will rise. If you haven't made the decision, don't get up. It's okay. But when you've made the decision, but no, that no matter what's happening in my life, no matter what has happened, no matter whatever will happen, I'm going to rise by the power of God. And I'm going to gather those memories. 
and I'm going to walk. And I'm going to, even though Jesus tells me not to, I'm going to go tell everybody about what Jesus did in my life. Amen? Amen. How about you? As JC sings this song, you can sing with him. When you've made a decision to rise, you rise. And then we'll have a final prayer of celebration. How's that sound?